from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO. Joined here with Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. Paul, we've delayed recording this week so we could do a post-election special. What a week, David. Hello, listeners. Hello. Weekend. All weekend. Just blurs into one. Uh, I certainly had a lot of of screen time, David, over the weekend. Wasn't particularly engaged with the family on the weekend. Unfortunately, there was so much on. We are, of course, breaking down the election results uh, in Australia, federal election in Australia, for our in-depth topic, David. We're each going to go into three points of what we thought why it happened and uh, what that means going forward, which will be extremely interesting. But apart from, oh, lots of great feedback, David, on our episode last week, having a student in. Got a yeah. lot, I got a lot of good feedback, actually, a lot of uh, private messages yeah. saying uh, good to hear the next generation, good to hear people talk about wanting to do accounting and, and it being a... Uh, an area to still to look at. Uh, particularly um, a lot of support for Emma Tibbles, who was on last week, and her view on women's roles in on women leadership positions from a young emerging female leader. It was uh, great to have her on. If you're listening still, Emma, thank you very much for joining us. But let's get into it. Paul, best on ground for this week. What have you got? Best on ground. So we're jumping around a bit. All good. Uh, ATO. ATO have hit... My best on ground twice. Twice today, uh, David. A lot about STP, single-touch payroll. Everyone who is uh, who doesn't do payroll compliance or client-facing jobs for a living is trying to tell us how valuable it is and how awesome it's going to be. I've been often, I've been asking a lot of software providers and stuff for very practical. I said, tell us the tell us the list of clients we have, and tell us who we need to go and speak to. Make, make it, it easy. Make it easy. Just make it easy. I, I, I understand STP. It's more compliance. It's an extra button. It's more work. It's for the good of the country. We've spoken about it before. There are benefits for the country and tax compliance in general. Not many uh, Not many benefits to the business owner. David, out of these people who... So would you think it's the people who are trying to sell you stuff uh, being zero mile bore into it that would be proactive, David, and give you the client list and tell you who can go and be sold to, or do you think it would be the people who who uh, who work for us, the, the ATO? Which one of those groups do you think would be oh, more inclined? No, I don't think that's a fair comparison because we've heard... You and I have, have sat down with Trent Innes from Zero and sort of grilled him on getting more information out of the massive amount of data that they have, and he's made a very good point that just because they've got the data doesn't mean they know it's right. Whereas the ATO have a much more assurance we that got the data an email quality and, is better. And I, a big shout-out to John Shepard, of course, the uh, STP guru in at the tax office. everywhere. Mr. Everywhere, we, John Shepard. Very exciting day. Commissioner all over the place. Very exciting day Can't during the week. Can't escape him in the press. We got, he's, he's, he's uh, John Everywhere instead of Eddie Everett. John yeah, Everett. John Everywhere. Uh, got an email with an attached client list and even with the ATO's data on whether or not they had already enrolled for STP. So a big thank you 
that was something, and also that was the really important thing is, David, that came out of a focus group, an STP focus group. And we said to, to John and his mm-hmm. team, it would be really practical if we could get a list of all of our clients, which ones actually, because we know our clients, but we don't, we can't yeah. think of all of them in the list. Give us that, and, and there's an infographic coming, which I've also well, been asking for. it is good for. to hear, Paul, because how many times have we said that accountants get involved and that is the best way to get what you need? Absolutely. Yeah, that came straight out of a focus group. Brilliant. All you got to do is ask. And the ATO, I tell you, the ATO, uh, and this will lead on to my second point, but they are just listening. At, at a time, David, I've been, I've been quite involved with the ATO for a while with uh, Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand and also with software companies. And I tell you what, the ATO are streets ahead of actually listening to users, listening to people. Obviously, the new portal online service has been a massive success. It's never been uh, never been more proud of the tax office uh, compared to other for-profit entities. David, I'm they glad could that listen. You're proud, Paul. They is could lead. A, a, they, software companies in, in could Yiddi- listen. In Yiddish, would say that you're schlepping nachas. That sounds like an insult. I'm going to have to. It's, a, gonna, it's a compliment. Oh, it means you're have, proud. I'm going to have to Google that. That's a good one. Uh, so I think it's on second, Seinfeld. leading on uh, the ATO doing some. I tell you, like, doing some graphical. Some graphical oh, work. Right. They have released their ST, uh, STP. Got STP S-M-S-F. on the brain. SMSF. Thank you very much. SMSF infographic. Their latest tax stats. David, uh, listeners will know I'm a, a mad nut for the tax stats. Every time I get a good CSV file download, I can get my roll my sleeves up. You, have you seen Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind? No, I need to. That's what you look like with tax stats. Writing formulas on walls. What about that and... white boy, the, the, the accountant movie with yeah, Ben Affleck? Like. I, want, yeah, I want one of those. like that. Uh, anyway, a wonderful, a wonderful graphic representation for not only those that like uh, to look at things in a beautiful Excel <laughs> spreadsheet but actually want some colour and movement and light to it. Uh, maybe that's what, that, maybe that's what ele- election pollsters should poll. Do you like looking at beautiful things in Excel spreadsheets? There is a, there is a beauty, David. There is a oh, pure. Talking there to is you. a pure beauty of those those white boxes and those oh, crisp beautiful those watching crisp them, lines. Watching them refresh when you update an assumption oh. of complicated formulas. And an if function, through. David. Oh. An if function. Or oh, a nested if function. So anyway, oh. double double ATO. Trench is getting erotic here. For me. No. <sighs> Nerd, nerd, uh, getting our Excel on, David. And then, of course, the third, uh, we will both be attending QuickBooks Connect in Melbourne uh, in the coming in the coming weeks. There is still tickets available. Uh, there is, a, and you're speaking, David, I which am. is why we have this discount code. If anyone's there, speaker friend, one word. Uh, discount code for forty percent off. Thirtieth and thirty-first of May in Melbourne at Jeff Shed. Well, the new Jeff Shed, the convention centre down there. Check it out. Forty percent for Trenches listeners. I'm giving a talk on transitioning from technical workers to business leadership. It's a really important topic uh, to get you away from being on the tools and actually managing your business. Uh, get down there and come say good day to Paul and I. Absolutely, David. You're best on ground. Uh, a few best on grounds for me this week, Paul. Uh, I made zero. I've released some pretty whopping results last year, and overall, it's extremely good news. Zero, of course, being the great disruptor. We we talk about results when they come out. We spoke about Intuits last year when we got some stats from them as well. Uh, subscribers up thirty one percent to one point eight two mil. You'd probably think they'd crack the two mil mark by their next reporting deadline. You would have thought, wouldn't you, Paul? You know, hopefully, so. hopefully that's what they'd be aiming be aiming for. Revenue up thirty six percent. Positive free cash. Positive FY nineteen and Pat. 
lifetime value of zero customers, here's a good one, is up to $4.4 billion, up 36%. Now, lifetime value is that KPI that we're very critical of with startups because they kind of just make it up. You know, oh, we think a client's going to pay this dollars and they're going to stick with us for 10 years. Zero has been around long enough. And because they're a listed company, when they report something to the market, there's you'd hope a fair amount of due diligence done by uh, their finance team on the numbers that are released to market. But f- lifetime value, $4.4 billion. And there's still no doubt, Paul, these numbers would be boosted by making tax digital in the UK, where the UK segment performed exceptionally well. Yep. Uh, and potentially zero may be emerging as the winner of, of a much more competitive software landscape than what we've got in Australia. Uh, and single touch payroll, no doubt, as well, helping with some conversions, these numbers. Probably but, helping more on the cost side than the revenue but, side, but, David. But what it shows is when it comes to tech adoption, and we, we've been on this for a long time, one of the major reasons Australia is so good at accounting technology adoption, aside from the fact that Zero was, was built on our doorstep over in New Zealand and then came here very quickly and then grown by a very talented team early on, is that our government pushes the agenda. We have a, a digitally focused compliance regime for almost 20 years now. Sort of when GST came in, it was probably the first start of it. Yeah, all. we've had GST Around for a then. while, I suppose. Yeah, and my, you know, my desktop was sort of got a lot of people into that having business software. But congratulations to everyone at Zero. It's a great result and a, a, a good little Aussie. I'm going to, can I call them an Aussie success story? Well, someone did. I think the AFR. Someone did They're a... listed ru- on the they ASX. Went, they, went, they went Russell Crowe on them and said, uh, great Australian tech startup. I thought there, would have, there, was, there was a few, a few no, laughs a, about that. The A in ASX stands for A, not New Zealand, Paul. Australia. Uh, and the sure stock market obviously did love it. Uh, off a bit now, oh, uh, today's trading. But, uh, it was up about 11% at its peak, wasn't it? Yeah, it was massive. It was massive. What else you got, David? Yet again, another another survey accountants have featured on the most trusted list. This survey was completed by uh, Varky Education. It was trying to work out where people sit. Accountants coming in at number seven, just behind nurses and police officers and teachers. Engineers are ahead of us, which might be a, a good example of where the world is heading. Doctors and lawyers are number two, Paul. How which, did management consultants get to oh, nine? How did management consultants get to nine? Uh, I, but, but hang on, lawyers at number two. I, I, something's wrong. Something's wrong there. I'm I'm calling it. I'm I'm calling well, it. That has about the same. This, uh, so these rankings are done on the Global Teacher Status Index, which is not an index. I must admit, I'm too familiar with. No, I think that's I think that's got something in common with the election pre polling, David. It's same company. To- just totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. The same company you thought Labor yeah. were going to romp it that's in. That's like a Cosmo quiz, I reckon. It's just the, the questions of <laughs> the sealed scared. Of, yep. It's the sealed section. Do you yeah. trust your lawyer? Oh, anyway, yeah, we do. I think, but apparently we need to become trusted advisors, David. According to everyone selling us, we're not trusted. Yet, which is of course not true. David, what else you got? Uh, now, one comment on this, Paul, before we get to our in depth, detailed coverage of uh, the Australian election fallout. Uh, accountants Daily running with a headline cap on deductibility of accountants' fees off the table as Liberals hold government. Now, we, were, we went hard on this. We went very hard on the deductibility of accounting fees. We came up with multiple scenarios where you'd spend more than three grand. Ron Lesh went very hard with it when he came on off the leash. We had a lot of feedback for that episode yeah. as well. We did not like Bill Shorten calling accounting services a rort, and we went very, very hard on this one particular issue. Uh, and now the good news is, not because necessarily because of our lobbying, probably more because of Clive Palmer's $80 million up in Queensland, uh, we don't need to worry. Yeah, it's. I mean, interesting. We'll get. We'll certainly get into that. I have some views on what happened and why it happened. Uh, but yes, no worries. All right. What else have you got? Or are you? That's my best, mate. 
Done okay. Worst on ground. What about you? Worst on worst on ground. I just I just don't get there are there are there are people in the outsourcing game who, despite being a hundred percent compliance focused, David, just seem to have this problem with foreshadowing the doom of compliance and just using fear beyond a certain uh, beyond what I think is any reasonable uh, reasonable threshold. For those who do follow me on Twitter, they will know that uh, Odyssey accountants seem to be the most uh, vitriolic about the future of compliance and about uh, all of the things that could happen and just how bad local accountants are uh, seemingly because they can do it, their cheap accountants uh, are a lot better. They have an article just about work papers, Australian accountants' dirty little secret. Look, from top to bottom, it is just it, it is what just are the dirty little secrets. Fear. Tell us. Oh, look, quite quite rightly, you know, and, and this is a thing where you you can either go absolutely to one way as screaming, raving, raving mad about work papers. This had a very interesting question about the transition of a job between accounting firms. So I was basically saying that, that they had picked up a job and the work papers, not that you've ever got. I mean, I've been in this game, David, 20 to 25 years, never seen a set of work papers go with a job. So I don't know, like, you just don't get them. Yeah. You know, what you ultimately want to do is hope that the labels on the tax return agree to the accounts. You get a past copy of the accounts, um, those kind of things. You know, I, I, there's no such thing as work papers that continue between accountants. So largely I kind of also don't know what he's, what he's thinking about. Um, not that more that secrets. ever matters. It more just dirty seems, little secrets. It just seems like there's always a problem for accounts. Anyway, and this one was... But what what annoyed me in this article, and above, above the other things that annoyed me in this article, David, was effectively he painted the ATO in a very bad light and said that um, what's happening now is that the ATO rock up with a thumb drive, give you a list of a dozen or so returns they want, they sit in your office while you get them from the cloud, everything is digital. So, is that what happens? For one, no, well, absolutely not. So for one, they don't. sound right. Uh, and, you know, the ATO are extremely uh, reasonable but dedicated in collecting their information. They will never rock up on your door and basically camp out in your lobby until you give them the information. Like, funny if they did. It would be funny. Don't, and, they, don't they storm in now with ak 40 Apparently, and black according, ops to, according to this, it's their strike force. Anyway, we've talked enough about it, but I'm just, I'm just sick of these type of articles because they are just a waste... A waste of space and, anyway, designed to just muddy the waters and drum up fear. Anyway, David, what do you got worst on ground? Uh, well, I don't have a huge amount on worst on ground this week, Paul. Uh, the week really consumed with election stuff and election coverage and flew my brave election. But here's just one thing. There are a couple of accounting coaches who are going nuts with advertising on my personal Facebook feed at the moment. And it is... I've just been looking for one. I can't quite find one right now, Paul. Uh, it is so over-the-top salesy that if you sign up for this and they take your money and it doesn't work, you deserve to have your money taken away from you. It's, you know, how you have to do this to get $140,000 in, in, in new Are recurring fees. Are you getting those fees. as well? Are you getting get, them? Um, there's a bloke, there's a couple in the US. There's a yeah, they're US Stephen based. Tan. There's a, another, I, I, another guy who has, according to his LinkedIn, he's changed jobs every year and a half and for and, the last year he's now, now lecturing he's accountant accountants. Coach. 
I'm getting a, getting a lot of accounting coaches. It's it's so I guess more just a warning out there to, to our community. These things they're written very clickbaity. They're excellent copy. I, I did click on one and then I got all the retargeting ads afterwards. So I regretted that decision pretty quickly. Uh, just be alert, guys and, and and gals out there, Paul. Very interesting one, David. I'm like you. I kind of I like to get I, I like to click through some yeah, of these I ads. I want to get. I want to. I want to find out. I keep thinking maybe I'll learn something. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, but you never do. Yeah, right? that, never maybe do. I'll get that silver ball. The funny thing was, I th- I saw this one for a home based business, and uh, this this particular person was targeting the keyword ad, uh, accountants. Yes. And in her ad copy, she was saying that she wanted to talk to accountants. Anyway, I got this random call, David, and you know when you you sort of. You're in you're in the middle of doing something else. I can't remember what I was doing, but it wasn't related to sort of the Facebook ad. Anyway, so she calls me and says that you inquired about my home-based business. And I said, oh, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I do. And I said, oh, hang on. Were you the one that was, was targeting accountants? She's like, she's like oh, yeah, we, we feel that the accountants have, have the skills, but my home-based business is different. And I think it was more like Amway or selling personal coaching, but it was interesting uh, now that they're even, to accounting. they're even just well, look, going s- after accountants. Having said that, Kathy Hodgson, who, who works uh, at SQL CFO, a franchisee, I think she was an Amway salesperson when she had her kids and, and during the career break and just wanted something to do. There you go. All right. No worries. Anyway, every, listen, just watch out with that stuff. If it looks too salesy, be alert and be careful. I don't... Uh, and, and always do your research on who the coach is. This is not an anti-coach thing. This is just a do your due diligence on who you're about to give your cash to. Fair enough. Are we go. There's more more election results coming in, by the way, oh, David. We're, we're both, we're, we're phones both going off. We're not our, barely uh, talking to each other. Today, we are barely but. talking to each other. Uh, of course, we did uh, delay the show recording last week so that we could cover the election. There's another world-changing event going on at the moment, Paul. Eurovision. Game of Thrones, mate. Oh, I have no interest. I have My life is going to change tonight once I finish watching this. I have less than no interest, David. So you can bring in Game of Thrones content if you want, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing. By the time listeners hear this show, if they're Game of Thrones fans, they'll probably be angry and disappointed because the rest of this whole series has been crap. Anyway, uh, let's get into our in-depth topic. Absolutely. Election. David, the, the, they, Labor lost. lost the unlosable election. So what we're going to do, let's not, we won't sort of, we'll try to give this uh, this a little bit of structure so that we're not just waffling on, David. Three observations. You and, a, you, you and I have both got three observations with our first observation, well, my first observation being a quick how I think, why I think it, it happened. Um, so I'll start, I'll kick it off with my number one. Don't, hadn't seen a, uh, I guess, less um, function, more just vitriol. You know, I think it was just demonising people, calling names. It was very much the anti-other side, I think, and, and politics probably has descended into that for many years. I do find it, I just do find it really interesting when... The Labor Party. Now, I, I'm not. I historically, I'm liberal, David. I was, you know, I was earlier in the campaign a bit more line ball than I've ever been before. That was until Bill Shorten just totally messed it up with all tax and calling agents. He probably lost me there, admittedly. But you know, from from a from a Labor Party that can condone the use of the the Medicare campaign yeah. in, in previous in previous campaigns, and then 
talk about how, you know, oh, Clive Palmer was scaring people and there was there might have been a... a um, the retiree tax was a scare campaign. The, you know, they're now all of a sudden concerned about scare campaigns. Look, I, I think politicians have lowered their flags on, on all... On all sides. And, and this is my, I guess, my first point as well, Paul, uh, watching ABC on election night. What a thrilling life I have, don't I? Uh, and Penny Wong and Arthur Sanadinas on, on ABC, Lee Sales turns, how do, you know, how do you explain this? And Penny Wong goes for the jugular and talks about the fear campaign that the Liberal Party ran. And he made a really good point. He said, well, hang on, this is a competition and our job is to convince you that our policies and our vision uh, is the right way for the country and to tell voters why we think that yours isn't. And that's what happens. And then, of course, the second anybody... Yeah, such a short memory we have oh. sometimes. Like I, Watching it, it didn't really sink into me at the time. I mean, the Medi-Scare campaign was just potentially worse, depending on, you know, I don't know the details of these things, but this is just there how... There were text messages in Queensland at the last election cycle sent out and they changed the name of who the text message came from to look like it came from Medicare. Yeah, I mean, that's just... So, so it's not... This is just how politics works and this is how democracy works, where our leaders trust us as an electorate to educate ourselves and to vote. And in Australia, you have compulsory voting. So that's just the game. And, you know, some of the stuff that you said, I'm going to lead into my second point. Anna Sausage says, I want to just finish off on my first point only because I honestly think this was, earlier in the campaign, this was an unlosable election. I really feel like Labor fell over in the last couple of weeks. They they really went hard uh, in terms of demonising particular groups of taxpayers. Self-funded retirees, people with a refund, accountants especially. The top end of town. Top end of, you know, like, like this whole playing the top against the bottom. You know, I think there's, there, there is a concept where a lot of people want to get to the top. You know, it's like, it's sort of like, well, either they think they're at the top or people think they're closer yeah, to the top. So, they, so, you know, that's where they want to get we're, to. Like we've, we've got tall poppy syndrome in Australia, but we still want to better out. We, we want to be there. We think, yeah. you know, we think we'll be there. So this is the thing. It's, it's you know... The Labor Party, realistically, all they had to do, this was this was the Jay Leno campaign they should have run. They should have just kept your head down, don't annoy people. Just don't... But they picked, in the last couple of weeks, they picked, you know, anyone with a rental property, the, uh, anyone, um, you know, the top end of town and rich... They just... And, and self-funded retirees who... Oh, it's, it's crazy, David. Like, I just think they chose... They chose really... Big and bold policy things got the figures wrong and ultimately paid for it. Yeah, and one of the big criticisms of as well is that their policy uh, mandate was just too wide and they just couldn't educate the electorate on yep. what they were doing and where there's where, you, where people don't understand, people are uncomfortable voting in favour of it. But it leads into my next thing, Paul. Um, we've done a show on are we capable of, of quality online debate and my conclusion on that show was no and this election just further justifies it to me. I'll tell you what, Twitter is just an absolute echo chamber. Um, the hashtag OzPoll, uh, which I think most people go to as the main hashtag to follow, is largely, I'd say quite heavily left-leaning, quite heavily pro-Labor. Todd Sampson, who is a, a bit of a man about town, an adventurer on the Gruen transfer, also talking at QuickBooks Connect. Quick Connect. I was going to say, we might even meet him. Beautiful little segue there, Boyer and Meisner. Um, did this great tweet, elections are a mirror to our society whether you like it or not. Like, and I love that. It's true. 
eventually it's there demo- is some. It's, it's democracy. It's democracy. Like, but but have a listen to some of the comments back on Tom. Oh, yeah, I'm so ashamed and sad and by our selfish, gullible, ignorant society. I'm sad and my children will have learned that it's okay to lie. How sad. R.I.P. Australia. We've got a corrupt society. Corrupt, venial, selfish, childish. Def- it just goes on and on and on. You know what? Everyone can win an election. It's an it's it's largely an even playing field. The AAC makes sure of that. Our constitution protects us against that. Uh, you, you fight the fight and you lose. Lick your wounds. Work out what you're going to do next and go again. I, I think it's sort of interesting for me. Uh, back to a little bit of the number one point. Two se- two big seats changed hands in Queensland. The Adani mine and obviously Clive Palmer's uh, money up there. You know, let, let's not also look at the fact that Get Up and, and there were other mobs that certainly were throwing an awful lot of money well, at. A lot of small business groups have been saying for a long time we need a, we need some sort of Get Up response. You know what the Get Up response is, Paul? Eighty million Clive Palmer dollars. That's what it is. It should have been less crazy, I felt, and more well, practical. It but it doesn't. Uh, but it doesn't. Uh, doesn't matter. There was also two seats in Victoria. Victoria came off the back of a very heavy Labor win in the state election, mm. and I think that there was a lot of people who were probably pencilling in those same swings in those same areas and expecting it to go again. The well, a couple it, of big Tassie ones as well that would uh, swing Labor, Liberal and Labor depending on forestry Yeah, policy. Labor did not take one extra seat in Victoria. Um, they took two in... They took two in Queensland, uh, na- and nationally they took five. Uh, they took five of the seven seats that swung or that changed. Were uh, there was of course somewhere that um, uh, didn't have a sitting minister, but they're very interesting. This certainly, I, I mean, they, they lost in Victoria and uh, Victoria and Queensland for sure. Queensland's such an interesting one. Amazing. It is. There was a really different feeling. About the Adani mine, I think the, that if you if you lived and if you lived and worked up there, they had a real connection with the jobs. Now, whether or not the mine will be automated, whether or not the jobs are going to eventuate, everyone can you know have, yeah. have reasonable debate on that. But if you're living in Queensland and you've seen what's happened up there to farming and to other mines and other industries, they are hurting. I've, I had a, a client who um, had an interest in a, in a venture up there and, and, you know, ended up just really suffering, really suffering from the, the, the economy up there. So they are really looking for anything to be done, whether or not it should be a coal mine, whether or not the jobs ever come, whether or not they steal the water, I get those points. Yeah. But, you know, you can't demonise Queensland well, they still, for, they still for deserve to vote. being worried about their job. They still deserve to vote. And I, uh, my in-laws are from Queensland and, and when I go up there... I have these conversations about Australia and about politics and probably get the most level-headed, consistent, educated argument about why you would vote perhaps a bit more conservative than what the average... And quality conversation, I reckon, in Victoria is very hard to get without being shut down because that view largely, I don't know, maybe it's the people I hang out with, I find it hard to find down here in Victoria. Paul, I've got one final point. Yep. One or two more, so we keep going. Well, no, you go. No, 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 you go. Uh, A new word has entered my vernacular, election herding. Have you ever heard of this before? I haven't. Election herding is when the pollsters do their polling 
and work out that maybe what they're forecasting is a little bit different and an outlier to what the majority of pollsters do. So they kind of scratch out the outliers in their sampling to come up with a consensus view. And this has been attributed, and we're very early days yet, so I'm just sort of regurgitating what I've read from some what I believe trusted sources online. This is a key reason why the pollsters got it so unbelievably wrong. According to to Betfair, Liberal Party had an 8% chance of winning. Based on odds, yeah, yeah. Like it, they, they didn't just get it wrong; they were miles off. This is Trump Brexit all over again. Now, Sportsbet paid out early oh, and lost five point two something million, or like oh. lost an absolute pot monster. Yeah, I think someone's going to lose their job over that one. Oh maybe. yeah. Uh, the um, so election hurting. Now, I'm going to read more on this. Fallout still to come from the election. This sounds like a very very bad thing for democracy if the polling companies who who the public. I've never really thought about this. Think about how much trust the public puts in polling companies. It's just amazing. It controls the public debate, these these, these polls. It just amazing. There's already calls for inquiries into the companies to work out what they're doing. Now, here are some of the excuses I've heard on why the polls got it so wrong. They're amazing. Number one, voting is based on education with traditionally more educated people voting for Labor because they could understand Labor's policies. Now, that effectively calls Queensland a bunch of morons. So uh, don't, <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. The worst one that I heard, though, was on ABC's... Uh, ABC. Who's the polling guy on ABC? Um, Anthony Green. Uh, Anthony Green. Anthony Green. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, proudly wearing his AO little badge, I think, throughout Ooh. the campaign. Uh, Anthony Green got asked how the polls has got to go so wrong, and his response, uh, my jaw dropped. He said... We used to poll by calling people's landlines so we knew where their household was and if we knew physically where they were, we had a lot of demographic data about them. Now we can't do that because people don't have landlines. So we're using mobiles. We don't know where they are. They don't know what they're reading. We don't know what they're, what they're talking about. Uh, so effectively, the way that we poll isn't effective anymore. What? Plus then, the fact then, that then have, they not, have they not worked out that what people say and do online isn't what they actually just it's do? Phenomenal. Like, I, I also it's think, and I've said, this, I've said this a lot, David, about um, accounting surveys or surveys about the accounting industry, I don't think enough is given to the question. You know, it's the way you ask a question. You know, do you want a tax break? But, yes. But, it's but, like, well, that, hang on. Isn't that the point with these pulses, like with the Ipsos polls and Galaxy polls, we trust these people. These are brands that we've that have earned our trust over decades. I, I disagree with you a little bit about that. The whole um, polls got it wrong. I mean, apart from the exit polls on on election day, I actually think that. But the, in, everyone's talking about the forty six weeks or whatever it was of since Turnbull got sacked. I actually agree with them. I think that there was no way. I thought all of the polls were correct in pointing to a Labor election. I think it was very late in the process. I think it was in that last week well, or two. The, the day before, Libs was still paying 12 bucks to win. Like, even the day before. Well, even but we know that, we know that, but betting's different to polls. Yeah, betting, it's considered betting, to be more accurate. Betting is different. Historically, they've never got it wrong. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they. I'm sure they have. Anyway, uh, that is interesting. That's actually worrying. That election. It's very voting. worrying that it's considered to be more accurate. My other two. My other two. Just very quickly um, comes down to the two areas of stability that I just want to raise here. Government stability. For me, on the night, the thing that I uh, that that really resonated with me. You look at Scott Morrison, who he's now uh, like him, uh, like him or hate him. We're not commenting on that, but he won what was some considered a lot an unwinnable election, almost off his own bat, he traversed the country, he in a way united the party. But Turnbull, gone. Abbott now, as of Saturday night, gone. Dutton stays, but arguably without other friends. 
is is yeah, less of a increased his margin is, though. Like, is less of a threat. Credit to where credit's due. That's an amazing effort. He has performed really well, and <laughs> those negative, you know, for me, having Abbott not there makes it a yeah. really a real opportunity. We won't say nobody is going to crystal ball, but I think that's really good if you can get a a, a majority government in the upper house. Uh, that you can do something with. Still got some problems in the Senate. But without those negative forces there, we might see some stability, and that brings me also to the stability in tax policy. You know, and I think the election's really spoken on this. I think that you've got to have a really sound um, reason. You've got to be able to really clearly articulate it if you want to do anything with super property taxation. I reckon we're in for sort of uh, some smooth sailing both in the leadership, or I'm hoping, for and conditions are good for both stability in the leadership and also stability in tax policy. I'd like to see a little less changes, David. I think we all, I think we all would, even though we compliance is far from dead and keeps getting harder. Yeah, um, huge. Oh, look, there is a huge opportunity. I've read some great, com- um, great conversations online today about how now, because the Liberal Party didn't really go to the election with a lot of new policies, um, but that doesn't mean that new policies can't get introduced now that they have a clean run. And potentially having a Labor Senate and a, a Liberal House could still mean that deals that bring a more socially conscious and community conscious policy into legislation uh, can occur because the Libs, they need to deal... They need to do a deal to get something approved in the Senate, if it's a minority government, which we don't know yet. What else you got, Paul? Yeah. You got one final one. No, that was, yeah, that no, was, no, it. was my We're stability done. about leadership and stability about tax policy. All in all, uh, pretty phenomenal election, Paul. Um, it was thrilling. I've never seen people as engaged in politics as I did over the weekend. Um, scenes of literal jubilation in um, certain areas of Australia on Sunday, uh, which I've, I've just never seen before. Certain after areas of vitriol. It was like, what is it? Enjoy your, I hope you enjoy your franking credits when you burn in hell. It was one uh, Facebook post. I, and a, and a, somebody from a mid-tier, someone from BDO just lost it on Twitter about, uh, I won't say who, but uh, we might discuss it at lunch tomorrow. But uh, there was someone just went kind of well out, what would you expect from a, uh, Mm. not a senior person at BDO, but a person at BDO. Anyway, Uh, uh, but yes, another one what a week. Oh, we got another. So we're going to get this out shortly. We've got another show to record this week so that we can get it out or a QBC next week, Paul. Next week. Or a QBC. Is that next week? Next week. Jeez, we might that time is, I've got to finish my talk, Paul. <laughs> do some work on that. Uh, it's can't do it as off the cuff as we do this show. It's a bit of an, a t- bit, bit professional the way the QuickBooks business runs. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it, Dave. It's going to be good. It's going to have a lot of the vendors in the town. Come up and say good day to us. We want to chat. Give us some ideas to talk about. This job's getting hard for us. Tell us what we should talk about. Uh, take the release the burden. Thanks again, BGL, for supporting us. Yep, reach out, Paul, at uh, freedommentoring.com. And sign up to the newsletter. The newsletter's bloody great. Head to fromthechurches.com.au, sign up to the newsletter, and we will see you later. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.